Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo wah. Hey, and welcome to another edition of The Jerry Ratcliffe Show podcast here at jerryratcliffe.com and your other favorite podcast venues. It's my delight today to introduce Jeremy Warner, publisher of 24-7 Sports Illinois, uh, covers the fighting Illini and... Uh, has great knowledge of that program that Virginia will be facing Saturday afternoon in Champaign. And uh, Jeremy, welcome to the show. We appreciate you taking some time out today. Oh, I appreciate you having me, Jerry. Oh, most welcome. Um, Jeremy uh, has covered uh, Illinois for quite some time, I believe. And uh, how long have you been wa- watching the Illini? Well, I went to uh, University of Illinois from 05 to 09, uh, covered the basketball program while I was a student, uh, and then really started covering the football team, uh, covered Northern Illinois for one year when Jerry Kill was there, and then uh, came back down to Champaign and been covering them since uh, late in the season, 2011, so more than a decade now. And I can tell you it hasn't been uh, a great decade, which is why uh, Brett Bielma is trying to turn this program around right now. Yeah, and it look, looks like he's uh, off to a pretty good start. Uh, yeah, the, the football fortunes at Virginia haven't exactly been uh, terrific over the last decade either. Bronco Mendenhall got it going a little bit, uh, won the Coastal in 2019, and then uh, went uh, 500 two years after that. And now we have a new direction with Tony Elliott, who came from Clemson and trying to get things uh I wouldn't say turned around, but definitely on a, on a higher plateau. Um, and it's kind of funny. Uh, this will be his second game as a head coach. Uh, obviously Brett's been around for a while at Arkansas and, and now Illinois. Uh, Tony was talking about how this is kind of a, an example of big 10 physical football against Southern football, which is a little more wide open, I guess. What, what what are the impressions of the uh, Illinois media about this game, Jeremy? Yeah, I think the big thing is these two teams played each other last year, but they're not nearly the same team, right? And, and I think right. that's that's really a good thing for Illinois because uh, Virginia really put it on them last year. Uh, but let's start there. I mean, Virginia just came out and blitzed Illinois. What was it, 21 points in the first quarter? Uh, that game spurred Illinois defensive coordinator uh, Ryan Walters to really make changes to his defense, both schematically and personnel-wise. And after the Virginia game, uh, Illinois became one of the best defenses in Big Ten. Uh, During Big Ten play, they were fourth in the conference in scoring defense, which was 18 points per game. So they were top 31 in the country nationally, and that included some bad games against Virginia and UTSA. So um, Ryan Walters proved himself as – uh, one of the better defense coordinators in the Big Ten got a a big raise and uh, became the Illinois' first million dollar coordinator. Um, so the defense definitely changed. Uh, they got some new personnel, but they've been very good uh, defensively through two games. Their defensive line has, has a couple pros on it: Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph. And their defensive backfield, despite losing a couple guys uh, to the NFL, uh, has three more guys who have a chance at the NFL. So that that's really the strength of their team is defensively. But offensively, they were terrible last year. They could run the ball because Chase Brown, uh, as most Virginia fans probably know by now, is really good. Uh, They have a really good running back, a physical offensive line. 
like you were saying, kind of what you would expect uh, out of a Big Ten team, but more importantly, a Big Ten West team. Uh, basically, the teams outside of Purdue in the Big Ten West, they run the football, they try to control the clock and play good defense. Um, but that's they don't have the athletes that the Big Ten East does, the Michigan, Michigan State, uh, and of course, Ohio State uh, have. They just can't recruit to that level so far. But offensively, Illinois still has a pro-style offense that you saw last year, but they brought in a new offensive coordinator because their passing game was so bad last year that uh, Brett Bielma fired his offensive coordinator, Tony Peterson, after just one year uh, and brought in Barry Lunny, who was uh, an assistant for him for five years at Arkansas, became the UTSA offensive coordinator, put up 37 points against Illinois in a UTSA win in Champaign last year. Uh, and he brings more some spread scheme. Um, it's a pro-style offense, but it's got some more – you know, spread it out kind of elements to it and that they're going to have screen passes, uh, shovel passes. Uh, and they got a new quarterback, of course, in, in Tommy DeVito, which I'm sure we can get into. But I think that's the most interesting part of this game is it's it's completely two different programs. Virginia, a different kind of offense, but similar weapons, a whole new offensive line, a new defensive coordinator for them. Uh, so a lot of things have changed since Virginia just put it on Illinois last year in Charlottesville. And I expect a closer game. I think Illinois is a better program than it was. I think Virginia, uh, obviously being their first power five game, uh, it's going to be a different test for them. But I, I expect a little bit of a closer game. But I do think it's a contrast of styles in that Virginia is really good at throwing the ball. Illinois tends to be very good defensively. Um, Virginia is not very good at stopping the run from, from what I've seen over the last year and a half. And, you know, Illinois is a very good running team, but can they throw the ball? Can they score enough points to keep up with uh, Brendan Armstrong in that, in that passing attack? I find it to be a fascinating matchup. Yeah. We're eager to learn more about Virginia under Tony Elliott as well. It, we uh, obviously they rolled past Richmond, the uh, FCS, t- excuse me, FCS team last weekend. Uh, and, and they played better defensively. Uh, offensively, uh, it was interesting because they're determined to establish more of a running attack, which Virginia really hasn't had in years. And while they did so, um, we're not sure how good that running attack is going to be against a more physical team like Illinois. And um, uh, it's interesting too, uh, Jeremy, that as you pointed out, Virginia rolled over Illinois last year, and Brendan Armstrong had a great day. He threw for over 400 yards and five touchdowns, something that they've, they're have they kind of trying to get away from because mm-hmm. they don't want to be so one-dimensional. But uh, you can't ignore those stats. And uh, against a team like Illinois, I, I think you guys really wanted to shut down Indiana's running game. I almost dared them to throw the ball last week. And uh, I, I don't know what uh, – Brett's strategy might be this week against uh, a, a Virginia team, but uh, would Virginia be crazy not to try to light it up through the air again <laughs> against these guys? Well, it's interesting, Jerry, because Illinois has some good DBs. Um, yeah. Really established themselves last year after that Virginia game. Devin Witherspoon has turned himself into an NFL draft prospect at corner. Uh, Sydney Brown, they moved uh, kind of to a different role later in the year where he's more of a, a rover hybrid, you know, defensive back and that he's more of a strong safety that's in the box, but he, he can rush the passer. He can drop back into coverage, uh, but they, they did more single high safety and let everyone else be aggressive. Um, and, and that's really paid off well for them. 
Now that can give up chunk plays. Uh, I do want to mention Quan Martin is a really good nickel uh, corner. So they feel like they have a guy that they can cover anybody in that slot. So him against Billy Kemp would, would be an interesting matchup, of course. Um, but they do have two newcomers, free safety. Kendall Smith is a 60 year guy. He's mostly been a backup. He had some issues against Indiana. Taz Nicholson, a, a new starter. He's been solid, uh, but it's a very aggressive physical group. They will lay some big hits. Uh, so they will feel uh, Virginia, but Indiana did hit, get some big plays. I will say though, Indiana threw the ball 52 times to throw for 310 yards or whatever it was. And, and really it was the last drive that, that really uh, hurt Illinois. And uh, you know, Indiana, I think to their credit, just made some really good plays. Their quarterback made some plays. Brennan Armstrong certainly can do that. So I do think Virginia can get some yards, uh, but Illinois put pressure on Indy on Indiana. They just weren't able to get sacks. Uh, They had one sack and 20 pressures. Um, And I think that's going to be really important for Illinois is to uh, find a way to bring Brennan Armstrong down to end drives because there's such a difference of an incomplete pass. Let's go second and 10 again and being second and 17. Uh, You know, even for a team like Virginia, it's tough to convert and and sustain drives. And then Illinois can really control the clock when they're on offense because they run the ball so well. Uh, But Illinois did shut down the Indiana rushing attack. And I do think their front's pretty good. I think Virginia's kind of new look inexperienced offensive line will be challenged. But Brennan Armstrong is, is just a different kind of playmaker. He's probably the best quarterback Illinois will play all year. Aiden O'Connell produced good, but I think Brennan Armstrong is more dynamic. Um, so I think limiting him in the run game escapability is going to be an issue. He probably can't even stop it just because he makes so many good plays when, when plays break down. And, and I think Virginia's length is going to bother uh, Illinois because uh, they don't have uh, the longest guys in the secondary, even though they're very physical and, and very good. So I do expect Virginia is going to be able to get some plays through the air. Uh, but if Illinois can force them into uh, some sacks, uh, can can take advantage of that Virginia inexperienced offensive line and force some turnovers, uh, I think Illinois would be pretty happy because they feel like maybe they have the, the offense to control the clock and keep the ball out of Brennan Armstrong's hands if they do those things. Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's Big Time Steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. Yeah, those are very valid points. And uh, Virginia does have some sizable wide receivers with Lavelle Davis, 6'7", who missed last season but opened up with a bang the other day with a touchdown on the first possession and then uh Keaton Thompson six foot five uh who I thought they really underused last week maybe they were trying to be vanilla in that opener I'm not sure but uh when you have a guy like him who I think arguably was the MVP of the team last year because he could line up anywhere a slot a wide out in the backfield as a running back, he can line up at quarterback if you need him to. Uh, you just can't give that guy four touches in a game. And that's all he had last week. They targeted him six times. 
and uh, connected four times. But uh, to me, this guy is somebody that needs at least double-digit touches a game, no matter where you line him up, even if you ha have to hand it off to him. And it'll be interesting to see if he gets more action this week against the Illini. Um, yeah, uh, very valid about Virginia's offensive line, uh, the whole – line from last year uh, transferred out or went pro. Uh, these guys, uh, I mean, they had to start a true freshman at left tackle last week, which hadn't happened here since 2002 with Brickershaw Ferguson. And um, that kid, uh, as big as he is, uh, Mikhail Boley, uh, 6'4", 330 pounds, true freshman, uh, comes from good stock. His daddy played in the NFL for about a decade, but it was his first game. He didn't grade out that well. Uh, Jonathan Leach, I think, uh, who uh, his arm was in a cast or not a cast, but in a uh, sling. Uh, it might be in a cast now, though, actually. Uh, is expected to be back at left tackle, so uh, we'll see how that goes, but uh, it will be interesting to see how the offensive line can handle a little more pressure and a little more physicality. Richmond was only able to get to Armstrong twice last week. And uh, they pressured him some, but Armstrong's pretty good on the move. I, actually, last season when uh, it was some, kind of surprising to us to read those numbers, but uh, against the Blitz and, and on the run, uh, his accuracy actually went up. Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to when he's in the pocket. So uh, we may see that tested this Saturday uh, up in Champaign. Red Piuma said he's at its best. He's at his best when everyone else is at his worst. Uh, <laughs> that's and a good uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I just think that's the – like Virginia, I think Illinois has the advantage in, in the trenches just because they're more proven there, right? I, I'm not going right. to – I know Virginia got some some good players in the transfer portal, but they're just more proven there. So you expect Illinois to kind of win that, but Illinois doesn't have the playmakers uh, that that Virginia has, um, and, and offensively they haven't been near uh, what Virginia is. So Illinois cannot let this become a shootout because they they have not been that way. Like they just don't have the big play potential uh, that Virginia has. So they just can't allow anything over the top. Uh, they can't miss tackles, right? They they can't do those things because they they just don't have outside of Chase Brown and and maybe Isaiah Williams, their slot receiver, who's who's really good. Uh, but they're more of a, an offense that needs ten plays, seventy five yards, not the the three play, uh, sixty yard drives that that Virginia seems to put together. Yeah, and if, if you listen to Tony Elliott talk, uh, having come from Clemson, he'll he believes uh, firmly that winning programs, win games in the trenches, and that's something he's trying to build here. Um, and it won't be easy because it is a patchwork offensive line. None of these guys really uh, had much starting experience until this season. And uh, the defensive line um, has some guys back from a year ago and some in new roles and some uh, – expectations that uh, didn't exactly come to fruition last weekend. So there, and as you mentioned, some transfers with Cam Butler, uh, Chico Bennett and uh, Michigan State's uh, Jack Camper, who, uh, but they, they didn't get much pressure on the Richmond quarterback last week either. They only had two sacks uh, from the whole team and two hurries. And uh, 
that kid that was experienced, Udinsky, he's thrown for 8,000 yards in his career now at VMI and at Richmond. Um, so he didn't hold on to the ball too long. And when he was flushed out of the pocket, he made smart decisions for the most part. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they can uh, keep Illinois', Illinois uh, pass rush off of Armstrong. And if Virginia can move the ball against uh, Illinois' defensive line, at all. So we'll, we'll see about that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Chase Brown. I mean, he's off to an incredible start. Uh, won uh, some national honors this past week. And I, I think because has the highest rushing totals in the first two games of any Illinois back in history. If I'm not, if I'm reading that right. Yeah. He had, uh, he's the first Illinois back to have two back-to-back um, 150 yard games to, to start the season. He, I mean, not a lot of teams have played two games, but he leads the country in 350 rushing yards and he's got 175 yards per game, which is number two in the country. Um, so he has been fantastic. Uh, he, he has 40% of the, the offensive total for them. And, and what's amazing about chase is Illinois has got a, a pretty good, Pretty solid offensive line. Their tackles are very good. Alex Pocheski, Julian Pearl, that a Juco kid in, in Isaiah Adams, who's been really good. Played the first game at left guard. Pearl missed the second game. Adams moved to left tackle, and they, and they didn't really miss much. Um, and, and they've been very good. But they do have a new center and a new right guard who have struggled a little bit. Yet Chase Brown can outrun um, bad blocking. He's he's. Um, Really fast, really great acceleration. He's always had that, but he's become more patient. He, he's been more patient with his blocks, but he rarely goes down on first contact. Um, out of his 1,005 yards last year, 700-plus yards came after contact. Wow. Uh, this year, 350 yards, more than 220 have come after contact. So uh, you can't arm tackle him. He is, he is both fast uh, and can run by you and around you, uh, and he can run through you. Um, so he's not the biggest guy at 5'11", 205. Now he's shredded. He probably has about 2% body fat. Um, but he's just he's just a kind of NFL back. Um, he's really good. He's one of the best backs in the Big Ten. Was all Big Ten third team last year. And, and certainly he's he's starting to make the case for all Big Ten first team. So going to be one of the better running backs uh, Virginia will play. And if Illinois' offensive line continues to play well um, or, or get better, uh, he certainly is capable of putting 150 yards up at any game. What Illinois needs to fi- find out is how to get him to finish drives um, and keep him fresh because he had 36 carries last week and it was too much. And, you know, once they get into the red zone, sometimes they either have to take him out or they have to, or he's tired by the end of it. So it's hard for them to push it in the end zone. That's been their issue is, is red zone the last couple of years. Uh, so they have to find a way to to keep him fresher throughout the games. Their best backup running back, Josh McCray, who ran for 500 yards as a freshman, is 6'1", 240. He's out for this game. He's a, he's he's a capable of being a bell cow back himself. Um, so that that's been a, a loss for them, and it showed up against Indiana because their backup running backs uh, didn't play as well, and that's why uh, Chase Brown was able to go for uh, had to go for 36 carries. Uh, but he's he's great. I, I don't know how any how else way to uh, describe him. Uh, he's one of the better backs in the country, and he could be a guy that that is drafted uh, next year. Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer personally fit art supports. They helped me so much, I ran my first marathon that year. Then, because I believed in the Good Feet system so much, I bought the store. 
I am so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Good Feet Store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com. UVA Orthopedics and Sports Medicine boast one of the finest teams of doctors in the country, and they're right here in Charlottesville to not only provide care for the University of Virginia athletic teams, but also the Charlottesville and Central Virginia communities. UVA Orthopedics has been a proud sponsor of the Jerry Ratcliffe Show for the past two years, with numerous team members featured in weekly segments where doctors share great insight into various sports injuries, what causes them, how to treat them, and recovery time. Their team of experts are there for you and offer the best care to solve your health problems and get you back on your feet. Let their team of specialists get you back in the game. And we're not uh, as familiar with new defensive coordinator John Rudzinski yet to know exactly how he'll try to play this, whether he'll load the box and and try to force Illinois to throw the ball or not. Uh, Richmond ran the ball fairly well against Virginia last week. Uh, most Virginia fans were excited to see uh, some improvement in the defense and that the tackling was better. Uh, it was atrocious last year. Virginia was one of the worst defenses in the country last year, and it, the longer the season lasted, the worse it got, giving up uh, uh, <laughs> over 700 yards to BYU late in the season. And uh, they gave up uh, – Big play after big play. Now, they did limit that last week. Richmond really didn't get any really big plays. Uh, I think they had one. Uh, So there were some improvements, visible uh, signs that things are fundamentally more sound. They didn't – their run fits weren't exactly uh, great at times, and so that's going to be key uh, against a great back like Chase Brown and and whether they'll be able to – try to contain him at all, but should they, should they be able to, uh, should they load the box up, Jeremy? Um, you got a guy in Tommy DeVito who, you know, uh, he didn't have the greatest career at Syracuse. He had one really good year and then got replaced and which caused him to transfer, but uh, he can pick you apart if you give him time, I would think. Uh, to answer your question, yes, I would uh, try to stop Chase Brown. Uh, and, and, uh, <laughs> Indiana had some sec- success in the second half, uh, especially in the fourth quarter doing that. But Illinois got kind of vanilla and conservative uh, late in the game, which I, I think they kind of regret a little bit. Um, yeah, I think, you know, ACC fans know a little bit about Tommy DeVito. Certainly has talent. Um, you guys played Art Sikowski last year, who's currently the backup. Right, Art right. is a traditional pocket passer. Uh, he's not going to beat you with his legs. Tommy can. Uh, Tommy had four first down runs uh, against Indiana, some big ones on third down. So kind of like Brendan Armstrong, he can prolong plays uh, and, and really help you. You just can't plan for it. Um, you're not going to spy him because he's not going to run a lot, but he can when he doesn't have anybody open, uh, really bust one and and, and outrun some guys who are, are linebackers. Um, so he, he gives you that element. Uh, he's also... Illinois kind of lacked the last couple of years with Brandon Peters, um, just a kind of a swagger at quarterback. Uh, Tommy is an unquestioned vocal leader. Uh, he's, he's, you know, confident borderline cocky, uh, at times. Um, he is very good in these short passes. He gets the ball out so quickly. And I credit Barry Loney jr. The new, the new offensive coordinator for bringing more modern offense in that 
They're in the shotgun all the time. And that allows Tommy DeVito to get the ball out quick, uh, not have to drop and, and just throw it to a wide receiver. And his accuracy has been great on those underneath routes. I think he's 42 of 50 uh, on passes shorter than 10 yards uh, with a really high efficiency rate. Um, and they've been able to move the ball. Um, you know, sometimes last year was hard for Illinois to top 70 passing yards in a game. That's how bad it got at certain times. They're averaging about 220 through two games, including uh, putting up 200 plus against Indiana. So they're able to move that ball, the ball that way. Uh, and Isaiah Williams is a dynamic slot receiver. They like to get the ball in, in a lot of creative ways where shovel passes, screen passes. Uh, the issue with Illinois is, 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 being accurate on these deep throws or connecting on deep throws and, and vertical getting vertical in the passing game. Uh, Brian Hightower has emerged as, is a nice uh, move. The chains guy, Pat Bryan, a sophomore wide receiver, about six, three, one ninety, great blocker uh, is athletic, but those guys don't really take a top off the defense. So uh, Tommy has to be pinpointing his accuracy down the field. He hasn't quite been that. And then his receivers have had some drops. So uh, Illinois has been able to move the ball better in the passing game. Tommy's much more efficient. He's a big upgrade uh, from what they had last year. Uh, but on deep throws, I'm, I'm talking throws 10 plus yards. Um, he's six of 17 for 113 yards, a touchdown and interception. They need, they need to connect on more of those. And I think they're going to have to connect on more of those uh, to probably score the you know four touchdowns you need to, to beat an offense like Virginia. Yeah, and we didn't see a lot of the deep pass game from Virginia last week either. Uh, Armstrong was only one of three on passes 20 yards or more. Uh, one of those was the 56-yarder to Davis for the touchdown. But uh, most of his yardage actually came from passes uh, 10 yards or shorter, uh, as, as you said, with DeVito. Uh, he was very accurate. He had a lot of yards there. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they try to expand that this week against Illinois or or uh, or keep throwing those short short ones and and try to get the guys like you said yards after contact. Um, that's something we are yet to to figure out with this new Tony Elliott Des Kitchens offense. Um, I know they do use as I'm sure Illinois and everybody else does these days, the short passing game is part of the run game. Right. Uh, and so that's how they've tried to expand that phase of the offense, something that they really didn't have much of before. But, um, yeah, you know, considering Brennan's history against the Illini last year, it's going to be interesting to see if they try to exploit the passing game a little bit more. They may have to because they may not be able to run the ball at all against uh, Illinois this weekend. Yeah, I'm just, um, you know, for Illinois, they should have won the Indiana game. Uh, they they dominated most of the stats. Um, the the total yards going into that last drive, Illinois was like plus 150 uh, going in there. Uh, but they had so many penalties. They had three turnovers in Indiana territory. Um, so I was surprised at, at the spread. I, I was surprised Virginia was the underdog uh, coming into this game, even though I think this is going to be a closer game. I was a little surprised at that because Illinois still has to prove um, that it can win those close games and, and, and more importantly, score the points towards the end of the game. Uh, to to win those games because defensively they've been very good ever since that Virginia game last year. Uh, but Illinois lost a game against Maryland last year. Um, because it couldn't get an extra first down. 
and, and they, they were up seven with five minutes left, found a way to lose by three by the time the game was over. At Purdue, they had a lead in the fourth quarter, couldn't score, couldn't get first downs to get off the field, uh, to keep the defense off the field, excuse me. Uh, Penn State went to nine overtimes, right? That's kind of a famous game. Yeah. And the offense made a two-point conversion. It took them nine overtimes to do that. Right. Like the defense kept making stop after stop. Minnesota, Illinois went and won on the road, but they barely scored late in the game. Um, so they still have to prove that they can do that. I think it's going to be a fourth quarter game. Um, but Virginia offensively has proved that it can, you know, win some of those games. Illinois still has to do that. So I think it's a monster game for the Illinois program. I, I thought they would have had a lot of momentum. I thought it would have been a great crowd uh, if Illinois had won that game. But Illini fans have just hoped and hoped and hoped, and they thought they could get a 2-0 start, maybe a 4-0 start. And that Indiana loss, because of the way it happened, really took the wind out of the out of the fans. Um, so I, I'm wondering how the players respond. They responded well after losses last year, whether it was losing to Rutgers and then going to beat Minnesota. It was ranked at the time. Uh, so I think this team will respond well, but it just comes down to not shooting themselves in the foot. That That is – too often been the case for the Illini football program. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I, I wasn't uh, quite sure exactly how to take that that line either. Uh, Virginia has been so so on the road over the years, but it's a. I, I did catch. I, t- I did tune in and saw the end of that uh, Indiana game last week. I was I was surprised they gave up that winning drive at the end, but. Um, I would think Illinois is probably pretty good at home. I don't know. Um, I guess the history between these two isn't long enough to for me to be that familiar with the Illini, but uh, we're we're just so curious. Everything is so brand new with this regime. We don't know how this team is going to react going on the road. And um, I, I think it's a big game for Virginia too because the way the schedule came out um, – I think Tony Elliott was pleasantly surprised because usually Virginia gets screwed by the schedule makers sometimes of their own doing. But this year's uh, schedule is set up to where if they can play decent football, they could get off to a, a really good start. They could get off to a five and oh, six and oh start if um if they play their cards right. And this this would be a huge game for them to win on the road against a big ten team because they have another um, all of a sudden, uh, big game looming on the road in a couple of weeks at Syracuse, where uh, a lot of people weren't sure Syracuse would be very good. And now all of a sudden, they looked pretty good last week in destroying Louisville. And uh, Virginia's former offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach is now on the Syracuse staff. And so um, two really big, important, road games for Virginia in the first four. And uh, if they lose at Illinois, uh, who knows what that might do to their confidence. Yeah. I think uh, for, for both these teams, kind of a swing game, right. Or early in the season for Illinois, if they win this one, they play Chattanooga next week, likely a three and one start. And then you just have this, this gauntlet um, of Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. 
that if you feel like you just get one of those, uh, they have a chance to set themselves up for a bowl game, which is really the goal uh, for Illinois is to get to a bowl game, sell something uh, to recruit, sell some of the fans, get them to buy in and just show progress uh, as Brett Bielma tries to uh, uh, do this. So it's a really important game uh, following what was a disappointing loss for Illinois. And uh, I don't know if Illinois is ever known as a great home field advantage um, because usually the crowd is, is 40,000 might be the best uh, scenario for Illinois this weekend, maybe a little over that. Uh, but I thought they probably lost thousands of fans with that lost Indiana being so disheartening. So, so um, I think Illinois wants to make a statement. I think they are an improved team, far improved from what Virginia fans saw last year. Uh, but at, at some point, close isn't good enough, right? And uh, Brett Bielma said he didn't come here to win five games after last year. These are the type of games you, you got to win if you want to prove your, your program is taking a step forward. Absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, Jeremy, thank you so much for taking part of your day out to to break this game down with us. We uh, really appreciate and, and value your knowledge. Uh, you gave us great insight into not only uh, the Illinois program, but into Saturday's game and what's going to be important. And uh, really appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Uh, everybody enjoy the game. Absolutely. And uh, we'll uh, we'll be watching. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to make it up or not, but I'm going to try to. But Enjoy it. All right, brother. Thank you so much. All right. See you, Jerry. All right. Take care. See you. Save it.